Prayer friend, once again, thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. We would appreciate if we recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store. It's the same app for both platforms. It's very well done and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again and may God bless you as you listen in. Hello listeners, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Sam Kawisa, your host, once again thanking you for downloading and, and, and tuning in to our podcasts. We appreciate your support and your continued recommendation of our podcast to your friends as well as to other people. We also appreciate that you take time out to follow and incorporate our teachings right into your prayer life. And we thank God for the impact based on the testimonies that we receive from our different listeners from all over the world. Today, we are going to look at biblical ways of staying calm in a storm. We have seen the storm of the coronavirus and it's been going in waves all across the globe and we have discussed this in the last several months. But now we see another wave uh, of things taking place and this is the wave of demonstrations that began in the United States and they have gone all over the world but basically when you look at them you are seeing people recognizing that we are all in this together people are getting tired of staying inside the house and they were asking the different authorities to let them out and now what has happened is that once they let the people out or even before they left most people to come out of the uh, lockdowns there were all these demonstrations that started in the united states as you have seen because of killing of an unarmed black man now we have seen this spilling over into the world so it looks like god is doing something about different things and different areas and we had better be listening to what he's saying and for those who have been listening to this podcast in the last year or so, you know that we like to interface what's going on in the world or in our lives with the scriptures that we have. That's how you use the Bible to pray with impact. If we do not use the Bible to learn from our mistakes or to interface it with what's taking place today, we are going to be just reading literature. We may as well read Shakespeare and then we come out with nothing to apply to our daily life. It's just for fun in the, on Sunday or whenever we meet to have church services. But once you learn how to apply scripture to what's going on in your life or all around us, and that includes in politics, you realize that really when you start to pray, 
God will hear our prayers because we are praying based on what's going on in the world. And so today we are going to see how you can use the Word of God, biblical examples, to overcome storms in our lives. And this can be applied to our social life or it can be applied to your own life. But we're going to see some scriptures which will be really interesting. Some of them you may not have looked at them as a way of getting out of a storm in a social life. You may have just read it as a biblical example of people of God serving God or not serving Him in the Bible. But you never would have related it to yourself. That's why in our teachings we like to show you that all these things happen so that we can get principles from them that we can apply in our own lives. That's when God becomes useful to you. Not that God is not useful, but people don't know how to apply the things of God into their lives. We try to teach you that so that you can apply all this into your life. That's why we always bring you scriptures. We may read you several verses so that you get the whole story. Some people like to just get one verse here, a little verse here, a little verse there. We do not do that. We want you to get the principles that God wants us to get so that we can apply it in our lives, especially in our prayer lives. The first example I'm going to read you is in the book of Ezra. As a backdrop in the story, Ezra was going back to Jerusalem and the king in exile had allowed them to go back to Jerusalem and he'd given him everything that they needed. And in fact, he signed an edict saying that any Jewish person who wanted to go back to Jerusalem at this time could go with him, even if they were in captivity. Ezra realized that God was with him. He was so grateful to God and bragging about what God could do. Just before they left, they took off. He realized that, oh my goodness, we're going to need some protection. We have gold with us. We got uh, all this stuff. We may be attacked on the way. And so he wanted to get some protection. But then pride came to him. He realized that, oh my God, I've been bragging about this God, that God is going to do this for us. God will protect us. I'm not going to ask this, uh, I'm not going to ask the king for anything anymore. So basically, his little pride, his ego kicked in. And then at that point, that's when he realized that really, we really need God. Have you ever been in a situation like that where um, you've been telling people, God has done this, God is so good, God does this and the other, and then you get sick? or you lose a job, or something happens, anything could happen, and then you're like, oh my goodness, they're going to say, oh, is this the God who has been supporting him? Well, how come? Now, we saw in our last podcast that even they asked Jesus, no, uh, maybe two podcasts ago, uh, that Jesus was told, hey, physician, heal yourself. And we have seen even during this corona storm, uh, this uh, COVID-19 storm, People have been challenging Christians. People have been challenging ministers of the gospel who have been teaching on healing. They've been telling them, okay, tell us now. Let's see how you can go to the corona ward and pray for those people so they get healed. People are being mocked. This is a storm that's hitting us, but as Christians, we are getting it in another way. And here we see Ezra was in a situation like that where he had bragged about what God could do, now he realizes he's going to need an army for protection. So I'm going to read you um, Ezra chapter 8, verse 21 through 24 or 23. And it says, 
and there by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and humble ourselves before our God. We prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us and our children and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and protect us from the enemies along the way. After all, we had told the king, Our God's hand of protection is on all who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. So you see that? He prayed and fasted. Right now, I want you to um, understand one something here. Sometimes when you are confronted with a situation, especially if you've been telling people about all the good things, the testimonies that God has done, and now it looks like you are in uh, this corner, you can't get out. One of the first things you need to do in prayer is to pray and fast. When you pray and fast, your spirit zeroes in with the spirit of God. And at that point, you see, God doesn't change. But we, when we fast and we zero in, our spirit is at attention to listen to the Spirit of God to be directed in what to do. God will tell you, do this, do the other. The timing, everything becomes synchronized with the Spirit of God. Once you are in synchrony with the Spirit of God, then you are going to move in a godly manner. When I say godly manner, I'm not talking about a sinless manner. I'm talking about as if you were like God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you are God. I'm saying as if you're like God. And what that does to you is that you're in sync. When God says, move, you move. Let me give you an example. The children of Israel, when they were in the desert, when they were traveling, the Bible says that there would be a fire by night and they would move by the cloud in the morning. So in the morning, they would wait for the cloud to direct them where to go. And the Bible also says that the steps of a righteous man are what? ordered of the Lord. So when you pray and fast, there's a way that you start to synchronize, synchronize with uh, what God says and what God does. So when you move, you move in a way that God would move if he was here on earth with you. So that's how the Spirit of God directs us when we pray and fast. And this is what Ezra did. He called for a fast so that they could all move at the right time. The enemies couldn't hurt them because there's no way the enemies would be in the path of God. He knew that if we pray and fast, since we're not going to get this protection from this king of the army, this is what's going to do. So now, when I look at this scripture here, it really reminds me so much of what we go through uh, here on earth. I call this making a stand for God because you cannot go backwards. You know, there ain't no going back. You made a stand for God. You're going to stay in this mode. So now Ezra is realizing now there's no turning back. So let us go in prayer and fasting. Instead of going to the king, we have no choice but to pray and fast and depend on God. And many times that's what happens in our lives, is that we have to depend on God because there ain't no turning back. Sometimes we have to do this because of the stand we had previously made about God. We see here that Ezra realized that he had no option but to go to God. And the way he was going to go to God this time is through prayer and fasting. And many times when you're faced with a scenario like that, you need to know that I made a decision. I'm not turning back. 
I have to depend on God and what do I do? Pray and fast. And then you'd be surprised how God would direct you and how you start moving on. So now let us go to the next example of staying calm in the face of a storm. And in this time, I'm going to read to you uh, from the book of Acts, uh, chapter 27, verse 16 through 17, and then verse 21 through 26. And I'll be using the, uh, um, the New Living Translation. In this example, we are going to see Paul going through a shipwreck, but he will stay calm and confident. We're going to learn how to stay calm and confident because we know who we are. Number two is that we have confidence in God's goodness and trustworthiness. In other words, God is good and God is trustworthy because we trust him, because of who we are. Get that in your spirit and you see what I mean as we read Acts chapter 27 verse 16 through 17. So verse 16 says, We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Cauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Syrtis off the African coast. So they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. Verse 21 says, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. And verse 23 says, For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So, take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. See, the Apostle Paul has faced many storms in his ministry. And in this example, we see him being confident of who God is. He knows that God answers his prayer. He knows that God understands what he's going through because God has told him that you are going to trial and you will have to face Caesar. See, God wanted him to testify before Caesar. And so he said, you're going to go. But because these people are with you in this ship, they are also going to survive However, they are going to lose all their material things, which is the ship. And, you know, Paul is walking with such confidence here. He told them, as you can see in the scripture, that, hey, listen to me. This is what's going to happen. And then he says in verse 23 that, For last night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood before me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. And what's more, God in his goodness has granted, granted safety to everyone sailing with you. That's the angel who was talking to Paul. See, Paul says here, notice, that God to whom I belong. Once you know who you belong to, then you know that this God that you belong to listens to your prayers. And we see that in uh, the first John 
chapter 5, uh, verse 14. This is where he says that, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. That's what First John here in this verse says, that we are confident of this because we know that God hears us. When you know that God hears you, when you know who you are, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter the storm. You may lose things around you, but you will go through the storm because the Bible says that you'll go through the waters, but you shall not drown. And God has proved this over and over again in the Bible. He says you may go through the fires, but you will not be burned. That's what he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they went through the fire, but God has a way he takes out the burning element in a fire so that when they were in that fire not even their hair was singed that's what the bible says so in the same way when you go through a storm god knows how to take out the drowning effect of the water so that you can go and survive this storm and give testimony about who he is but where does it start you know the god that you serve when you are going through a storm Always know that you belong to a mighty God. That it doesn't matter what you're going through, you belong to God. And he will see you through the storm. This is what Paul was saying here. That the God whom I serve. I can't say this enough. The God whom I serve. The God to whom I belong. See, you belong to a mighty God. It doesn't matter what's out there. It doesn't matter who says what. None of those people have power over you. You may lose things around you. You may lose all your money. You may lose uh, all your equipment. You may lose anything, but you are going to come out of this storm because you know who you are, because you serve a mighty God, and because he hears your prayers as according to First John chapter 5, then he answers your prayer. So this is one way you go through a storm. Know who you are and know who you serve. Once you get that understood in your spirit, then it doesn't matter what comes your way. You will go through it. Don't look at the material things. These people here lost the boat. He says that none of them will be hurt. None of them will drown, but they will lose the boat. Sometimes you need to lose the material things to see the power of God in your life. And many times we get so attached to the material things. People die. People have drowned trying to save a little bike or something else. Just let it go. Just let it go. God, your life is much more important. Your life, he can get it started again. Those things you can always get again. You need your life. So you know who you are. You know who you serve. Just know that you go through the storm, just like Paul did in this situation. Now, another example of going through the storm, this is going to be a little different because I'm going to show you that sometimes we go through a storm we really didn't need to go through, and that's because we are running away from what God has asked us to do. So we try to do other things. We ignore his call. We ignore his instructions. We ignore his directions for us, and we start going our way. This is what happened here in the story of Jonah. Many of you know the story of Jonah, who God had sent to um, preach to the people of Nineveh and tell them what God was 
are going to do. And instead he decided, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. We do that all the time. So before we get on Jonah's uh, case, just remember, many times God has been calling us to do something for someone. could be something that is real huge. It could be something very small. But when God tells you to do something, it is always big. It's a big deal. So in this case, God had told Jonah to go and preach to the uh, city of Nineveh. But Jonah is like, uh-uh, I know you, God. You will forgive them. So he decided, I'm not going to go. So let us start reading in chapter 1, verse 1. And it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the Lord. So uh, let's stop right here. That's verse 4. See, he was asked to go to Nineveh, and instead he decided, no, I'm going to go to Tarshish. But here the Bible says that uh, um, and a tempest or a storm came against the, the ship. Many times God asks us to do something, and we find ourselves in trouble. He was finding himself in trouble. Sometimes God will put uh, a barrier before us so that we don't go the wrong way. But many times we are determined to go, and so we go right on into the storm. So verse 6 here goes, But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise and call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots so we may know whose cause this trouble was has come from. So they cast lots and the Lord fell on Jonah. In this verse, we see that the mariners were calling on their own gods. But Jonah was sleeping. He was at peace. J Jonah was so stubborn that even during the storm, he's like, I ain't worried. I know who I am. So he went to sleep. And the Bible says here that they told him, Call on your own God. We are all calling on our gods. Why, aren't you, why are you just sleeping, sleeper? As we have seen, they cast laws to see whose problem it was that they are going through this. Then he goes, uh, in verse 8 it says, And then they say to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? They have now seen that he is the cause of this. And they're asking him, who are you? How come you can cause God to cause a storm? They were basically saying, this man must be up to something. This guy must have a connection with the God of the universe. Because of what he is doing or not doing, we are in trouble right now. So they're asking, who are you? Tell us what's going on. And um, in verse 9 he says, So he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? 
for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may calm for us? For the sea was growing more and more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, and they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. You know, it's interesting here when you look at this, that now Jonah is telling them, throw me into the water. Well, my question is, why don't you just jump in the water yourself? Do you need to be thrown in? Well, I think... Jonah was hoping that these people are not going to throw him in the water. But he knew that the solution was this. However, he couldn't come to do it himself. Now, in verse 14, it says, Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. And so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. And the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered sacrifice to the Lord, and uh, took and they took vows. Now the Lord had prepared the great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days. Now I want you to note something here, that Jonah, despite uh, his uh, shortcoming, he stood in the gap for these people. He said, throw me in the water. He decided to take to be the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. And um, But one thing also I want you to understand here, he said who he, are, he was. He said, I am Hebrew and I fear the Lord. I believe this is when things started to turn around. When he said, uh, he confessed who he was and he said, he fears the Lord. Very similar to what Paul said when he said, I am a servant of God. So the same way he is now confessing, despite him trying to run away from God, he said, I am a servant of God and I fear him. Now they know the connection between Jonah and the storm that's taking place on the sea. So you see, that's what happens many times. When we, the people of God, don't do what we are supposed to do, the storm rages. It could be a political storm because church is not praying. It could be a social storm. People are in the streets because church is not doing what it's supposed to do. When we don't do what we are supposed to do, it affects those around us. See, we've seen the example of Paul. Because he did what he was supposed to do, those people were saved. The Bible said, as we saw in the scripture, he told them that they may lose all these things, but they are going to be saved because Paul was on the ship and he has to go and face Caesar according to what the Bible had predicted. Okay, So now we see that Paul's actions affected the people around him to safety. While here we see that because of Jonah's disobedience, at least temporarily, it is affecting these people also. Now you notice these people were also saved just like uh, those who are with Paul on the ship. Why were they saved? Because they are with this man of God. Remember when Abraham was uh, debating with God, he said, would you save a city if there were 10 people? He came from 100 and came all the way down. And so because of us, a city, a country can be saved. 
a place can be spared. But when we don't do what we are supposed to do, that place may lose a lot of material things. So we are looking at these demonstrations where some people are destroying property and we are blaming them, this and the other. But we have to sit back and look as the church and say, what haven't we done that has caused such discord? Remember the Bible also said that when the evil rule, the people groan. So there's so much going on in the spiritual realm right now that the things that are affected are the things in the world. You know, we are wondering why do we have coronavirus? We get this virus, it comes and we are sent in lockdown. And if you remember on this podcast, I told you that, you know, if we do not learn from this, something else is going to come. Remember, I was saying that if we go in lockdown and instead of going on our knees and praying unto God, something else is going to happen. And sure enough, just as soon as lockdown is starting to be relieved of us, then we see all these demonstrations pouring out in the streets. And still, again, the church is still blind. When I say the church, I'm talking us, people of God, we believers. We are still blind to what's going on. But the Bible says that let he who has eyes see, and let he who has ears listen. Let us listen to the Spirit of God. What do we have to do as believers? Because if we do not, what's going to happen Things are going to get worse before they get better. But we can stop death from the shipwreck. The shipwreck is happening, but we can prevent death. But if we do not, things are going to get worse. And we don't need to. How many churches have called for a fasting? I haven't heard too many. Instead, they want to go back and meet. But there's no plan to pray. They don't even talk about it. Many churches don't even talk about what's going on. Instead of going before God and saying, God, forgive us for whatever it is. See, the Bible says that Nehemiah, Daniel, all those people, they took on the sin of the nation. We covered this in another podcast. They took on the sin of the nation upon themselves. The same way Jesus took upon our sin and Uh, went on the cross for us. Daniel, the Bible says that he repented as if he himself was the one who committed the sin. That's what I mean when I say they took upon the sin of the nation. They themselves repented as if they were the rulers. They said, we repent. We have not obeyed you. We are our rulers. That's what we have to do as Christians. Instead of going into this political fighting, uh, participating in what we are not supposed to be doing, we're supposed to be on our knees crying unto God to forgive us as a generation, to forgive us to forgive us as leaders, the politicians of the different nations. And the thing is, this has not just happened to one nation. It has gone all over the world, the coronavirus. But then look at what happened. Then demonstrations start by the killing of one man. And then that one man's death has brought all these people into the pouring out in the streets just as the states, countries were opening up. Now you see these demonstrations all over the world. All over the world. How, can, how else can you explain it? How else can you explain it? God is telling us, listen to me. If you cannot be with me by yourselves without the huge numbers of church congregations, 
then you really don't know me. But we have to come to this point, like these people who are in the ship. When the storm comes our way, we have to know who we are and we have to fear God, just like Jonah did at this point. He said, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. In other words, the sovereign God. We have to admit that we are the people of the sovereign God. So now, Jonah is in lockdown. He is in a fish for three days and three nights. The Bible says that three days, three nights, he was in a fish, in the belly of a fish. He was in lockdown. He could not get out. He could not get out. So now that's how we have been. But when he got out, if you read that story, he went on to preach to that city. Okay, In the book of Genesis, the Bible says that, hey, you have dominion over the land and the sea, over the birds of the air and the, and the fish of the sea. <laughs> so I guess Jonah now found out what God meant when he said that, have dominion over the fish of the sea. But anyway, so it's so easy to get uh, on Jonah's case though, but it shows that God is sovereign, but what we do, can affect everybody else around us. So now, look at what's going on around the world. He said the things that we do as church, the things that we refuse to do as church, will cause shipwreck for other people. Okay, now the final example I want to give you is the, uh, again, it will show the sovereignty of God, the sovereignty of Jesus Christ over the land, the sea, the storm, and whatever else may be all around us. We're going to find this in Mark chapter 4, verse 33, and I'll read 33, 35 through 41. I'll be using the New King James, and it says, And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Jesus spoke in parables. Now, don't forget, Jesus is the word of God himself, according to the Bible. Okay, but God always knew that people want to interface his word with the world they live in. That's why Jesus many times he spoke in parables because he was interfacing himself, who is the word of God, with the things that they can understand. So here in Mark um, chapter 4, we continue. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now listen to that. Who can this be? See, they are looking for the establishment of of who Jesus is, as we have seen in the other scriptures, once you know who you are, now these people are trying to find out who is this. It is important to know who we are. 
That's why they are asking, who is this? Finally, Jesus shows us the reason for the calm that we should you know, take on. He is in the boat with us. See what I'm saying? Jesus here is showing us, showing us that if we take life as Christians, if we take life as a boat, Jesus is in the boat. You know, the scripture says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. In this case, they questioned his love. That's, they said, don't you care that we perish? But you know what he did? He showed them the other side of that scripture, which says the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. He showed them the spirit of power, his sovereignty over land and sea. You know, that's what uh, Jonah was talking about, that he serves this God who is the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, the, the land and sea. And here Jesus is showing us that he's sovereign over all of this. So when you look at this scripture here, he rebuked the wind and he said, peace be still. And then he said, why are you fearful? Right now, what's going on in the world? We are looking to Jesus. He is in the boat with us. You may be in the hospital. He's in the boat with you. You may have lost everything, your businesses, whatever it is that was your livelihood, your job. He's in the boat with you. A lot of people lost their employment during this lockdown because a lot of businesses just went belly under. But remember one thing, he is in the boat with you. When you are in the boat with Jesus and you trust him as we have seen Paul do in the previous scripture, Jesus will tell the, the storm, peace be still. When he says that, he's saying to the land and the sea, and he's showing them his sovereignty, and he's saying, peace, be still, and know that I am God. That's what Jesus was saying to the storm right there. And once Jesus says that, once he says peace, there has to be calm. Now remember, you are in the boat with Jesus. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll tell you a little story. Many years ago, when one of our girls must have been like seven, eight or something like that, and my wife was reading them the scripture, this very scripture, and one of them said, Ma, why were they so worried? Didn't they know that Jesus was in the boat? And here the Bible is telling us that Jesus was in the boat. In fact, it says that he was laying on a pillow. You go in the Bible and see how many times they raise up that word pillow. Not very many, if ever. But here they say Jesus was laying his head on a pillow. In other words, he was comfortable. There was a storm going on. He is aware of it. Don't you once think that he is not? Because he has been asked that same question here. That, hey, don't you care that we perish? People may have been asking, well, well, how come? How could Jesus, how could God, a loving God, allow coronavirus to come and kill so many people? Basically, they are saying the same thing. That don't you care that we perish? But he's telling them, fear not. Why are you so fearful? He is in the boat. So remember one thing. When you are in a storm, remember Jesus is in the boat with you. He has not left you one time because he said that, hey, I'll send you a helper and he'll be with you. See, it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the Trinity. The Holy Spirit being there with you, being here with us, is no different than Jesus being with us. 
because they are trinity they work together they are god so i want you to know that jesus is in the boat when you are going through your storm whatever storm it is especially right now we are going through these storms of political storms we have economic storms and health storms just remember jesus is in the boat whether you are in a hospital ward he is in the boat where you just lost your businesses he is in the boat where you just lost your job he is in the boat but guess what even those who haven't lost anything he is in the boat it all belongs to him just remember that jesus is in the boat it doesn't matter what we go through he's in the boat with us and peace be still that's what he's saying to the situation and that's what's going to happen there's going to be peace and there's going to, we are going to be still all these um demonstrations are going to stop there's going to be peace all these killings are going to stop because there's going to be peace all these losses are going to stop because jesus has proclaimed peace he's in the boat and the storm is going the tempest is going to stop but i just want you to remember one thing always always remember that what's happening all around us he understands he sees there is going to be justice for those who are being treated unjustly no one ever gets away with oppressing people's lives god gave us life god is the one who gives every living thing life and no one has a right to take away its joy no one has a right to take away its happiness no one has a right to take away that life so just remember jesus is in the boat amen so father in the name of jesus we come before you lord we see what's been going on all around the world we've seen health situations where the world was laid bare many times father people were getting sick and were dying but the church was quiet we were quiet we are asking you father that you may reform your church cause a reformation father revitalize us as the people because we as we have seen what we do or don't do will affect all those around us will bring a storm in the lives of other people and we know one thing that one day you're going to hold us accountable for not listening to you so we are asking you at this hour this time father that you may change the way the church looks at your people that lord we may not be like a sheep without a shepherd as it says in the book of ezekiel instead father let everyone who believes in you every believer father put it upon them to to stand in the gap for those who are non believers for those who are sick for those who have lost out they have lost loved ones whatever it is father help us to understand the pain other people are going through father we come against this spirit of discrimination of every kind and any kind in the name of jesus we come against every discrimination of every sort father everyone who is prejudice one way or the other father we pray for a cleansing lord we ask you father for the ending of this spirit of bigotry father that lord we may face you in these end times knowing that we have loved one another because that's the uh, 
That's the commandment you left us. You said that love God with all your heart and all your soul and also your neighbor. Father, we haven't been neighbor lovers, Lord. We have rejected each other. We have fought with each other. We have killed each other. We have hurt each other. We have stolen from each other. We have taken away everyone's joy for God. We have taken away the joy that you gave us. The peace, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are coming before you, asking you, Father, change this situation around. We once again bring you the situation of coronavirus, Lord, COVID-19, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, you may save the world from this uh, scourge, Lord. We thank you for the victories so far. We thank you, Father, that in those countries which can least afford medical uh, services, Lord, that they have not been hit, oh God. Father, we thank you that you are protecting your people, that you are protecting those who are um, uh, who have been sick, Father. We pray for quick recovery, O oh God, that this will become just like another sickness, O oh God, that we have overcome with modern medicine. And we thank you for all the inventions, Father. We thank you for all that you're doing, O oh God, for the wisdom that you give leaders to uh, help manage this situation. We ask you, Father, that you give wisdom for those who are looking for a cure, for those taking care of the sick, O oh God. Father, for every essential work of every kind and every trade, we thank you for each one of them. And we pray for their protection and their guidance. We thank you, Father, that the spirit of love may take over the spirit of hate, racial prejudices, oh God, racial hatreds, Father. We come against it in the name of Jesus. Every form of bigotry, Father, we ask you, oh God, to overcome it, Lord. It may have been laid bare by the killing of George Floyd, oh God, but we know it's been going on and it still goes on, oh God. But we thank you, Father, that we are overcoming it, not just in the United States, but all over the world where people who are powerless are being ruled and gunned down and beat up and, 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 and their property destroyed, Father. We ask you, oh God, that you may take over completely. Bring those people who have the heart of God, who care for others. We ask you all this knowing that you hear us as we have seen in First John, oh God, that because you hear us, you answer us, and we know that the answers are coming forth. And the Bible says that if you are for us, who can be against us? And we as church, as Christians, Father, we know that you're for us, O oh God. So when we stand up for someone's rights, when we stand up to help someone, when we become the good Samaritans, O oh God, you are with us and you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, for everything. We give you all the glory for all the peace, Prince of Peace. In the name of your Son, Jesus, Father, we thank you. Amen. Okay, now my friends, we are coming to the last part of the podcast and I thank you for listening in. It's been a little long maybe, uh, but I thank you for listening in and please keep praying for the um, people of God, keep praying for the world, keep praying for peace, keep praying for health, keep praying for restoration economically of all things that have been lost in this year. This year, these first six months have been horrendous for a lot of people. 
but we know one thing Jesus is, he is in the boat so now I want to do what we normally do before we finish our program to tell you who have been our biggest downloaders so that you know and you see where your country stands I know people love it and they look forward to it and so here we go I'm going to turn my Macintosh here on to tell me exactly where our stats are coming from okay so now the United States is back on top again so now our biggest downloaders for the last 30 days and you see these are um, not in the last month, but the last 30 days. So in the last 30 days, and this changes dynamically, you know, all the time. Our biggest downloaders, and I just read the first 10 this time. United States, Kenya, Nigeria. Number four is Philippines. Number five is Uganda. Oh, actually, Uganda and Philippines are the same. They're so four and five. They share that. Then number uh, six is Canada, number seven is Jamaica, number eight is Saudi Arabia, number nine is New Zealand, number ten is Malaysia. Oh, but I see here also we have Switzerland and Indonesia. Oh, well, I may as well mention those as you go in United Kingdom, Australia, Zambia. And so that's how we have done this time. I thank you all for listening in and I pray that you stay well and stay safe and please use your masks to cover your face and also make sure you do social distancing even with social distancing remember that there is no distance between God and prayer because there is no spiritual distance between us and God he hears our prayers we have sinned and because he hears us he answers us God bless you love you all bye bye